For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It's time now to talk to, um, look, we really appreciate him coming on. It's normally Thursdays, but we're stuck it out to Wednesday. Of course, um, celebrated uh, Willie Lossay's life yesterday, which was a fantastic tribute, TJ. Uh, about 3,000 people there. But let's talk some rugby. Um, gosh, there's so much going on. A, a quick review of the All Blacks Rugby Championship efforts. They got the win. They held the Bledisloe Cup. So on paper, um, success, but geez, it was hard earned. Yeah, it was, in the end, a lot better than it was looking like it was going to be after three games when they dropped, you know, obviously the first game in South Africa. Bounced back from that really well against the South African team that, you know, let's be honest, uh, wasn't as good as it had been in the first test, but it was still a notable win and a difficult place to win. Then they come back, uh, drop a game to Argentina, another below-par performance. Um, but then after that, it was it was pretty good. They bounced back really well from that. The performance in Hamilton uh, was comprehensive. Again, Argentina weren't as good as they'd been the previous week, and that was a bit of a theme throughout the rugby championship. Teams struggling to produ- reproduce the intensity of a winning performance back-to-back. But the All Blacks managed to do that. Obviously, a controversial win in uh, Melbourne, but you just got to remember that uh, the referee's decision didn't hand the game to the All Blacks. It provided them with an opportunity, and they took that really well, which was a good sign. And then in a test that, uh, you know, that kind of, it, it burst into life for times and then spluttered a bit, but in the end, the All Blacks way too good for an Australian team that, to me, just looks in a world of trouble. Um and, and so they, they come out of it in the end with an unlikely win, uh, a, a narrow margin. But still, I think, you, you know, you win the Bledisloe Cup or you retain the Bledisloe Cup, you win the Rugby Championship. You've got to give them a, a, a good pass mark. Uh, and you can see the potential to get better, but the need to be more consistent. And so the next time we'll see the top flight All Blacks is obviously the Northern Hemisphere Tour. But throw in the curveball of the All Blacks 15, um, who are not going to be classified as All Blacks, uh, but they're going to be called the All Blacks to a degree. Do we see the return of the likes of Stephen Perifeta, Peter Gusso, Akula, and some other ones that have been knocking on the door? Well, there's some real value in a tour like this. And I can remember the first time I went away on an All Blacks tour to Europe, uh, the All Blacks played, uh, I think they played a couple of tests in um, France um, and one in Italy. But at the same time, there was a New Zealand A team doing the rounds. They called them New Zealand A. It was under Steve Hansen and Robbie Dean uh, and, and Darren Shand, actually. And, and that produced an opportunity for a, a, a lot of players to get some international experience. For example, they played like a French Barbarians team a couple of times. Uh, They played Wales A, and then they ended up with a game against Romania in Bucharest. And a lot of good players came through uh, the ranks of that team. I think Tony Brown uh, was a guy that uh, I think uh, Jerry Collins, Rodney Sotoyalo, players like that, Chris Jack. So it, it was a really worthy thing. And, you know, to me, the interesting thing is going to be how do they balance this out? Um, you know, there's some All Blacks that could really do with some game time. And taking them away on tour, it, would it be better for them to be in the A team? And I'm looking at guys like Roger Tuivasa-Shek, uh, Lester Fanga, Anuku, players like that. Would they be better off getting 
uh, repeat game time with the A team or will the All Black selectors insist on them going along for the ride where they might only make one and a bit appearances? Uh, to me, the answer, especially with a guy like RTS, I would I would take him with the All Blacks, play him against Japan, and then send him to the um, to, to the New Zealand or the All Black 15 to, to get that game time. But, but whether or not they do that just remains to be seen because you know they do seem to be uh, quite committed to the idea of taking very large groups of, of players away. They do. I've got a bit of an issue with the name All Blacks 15, but they're not going to be classified All Blacks, so I think it should be the New Zealand 15 or New Zealand A, but that's by the by. I'm wondering, and I don't know if you do know this, the eligibility for those players, like we've seen Peter Gus have a little bit of a little bit of game time, but he's now no longer eligible for Fiji. Will eligibility um, be affected for, you know, never played for the All Blacks, but then go and play for All Blacks 15, um, I don't know, Lalangi Visanir, someone like that, would that rule them ineligible or not? Um, I think the rule used to be that there was either the top team or the second top team. Now, you could class the, the Māori All Blacks as the second top team uh, or you could class this All Blacks 15. I don't know. I think a number of countries have been probably a little bit guilty of this over the years. Uh, and, you know, you, you hate to think of it, but I, I, I think there probably are cases over the over the years where they've gone, look, let's let's put this guy in here just to make sure he's, he's one of ours. I, I'm not sure that I particularly like it when... Uh, you know, you get a guy who might play 20 minutes of rugby and, and that precludes him for five years from playing for anyone else. But uh, oh, I hope that doesn't come into it. But, you know, you, you, you suspect that, um, you know, long-term planning, they think, let's let's tie this guy up. Now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if that was the thinking. Um, Bunnings NPC, just about every game this weekend, uh, TJ, has got something on it. One team or both teams have got a lot to play for in nearly every fixture. Yep, uh, definitely the case. Uh, Hawks Bay, Tasman tonight, very good example. Hawks Bay uh, must win or at least do better than what Otago do. Uh, that could come down to bonus points. Um, if they had to make the top four, they're, you know, a team that was going such gangbusters with the Ramfilly Shield, they've dropped out of the top four, so they need to beat Tasman. Tasman uh, are not guaranteed anything yet. Uh, they're in fourth place, but they've got Northland right behind them and Northland have got a game against Manawatu that you would think on form that Northland would be able to win so Tasman have somehow got to find a couple of points at least in this game so that that starts the weekend and of course the other thing about Tasman if they get a win it might just help them avoid Canterbury in a quarter final next week because the quarter finals are actually you play against a team from within your own conference before they cross over I'm not quite sure why that's the case but that's what they've come up with then you've got Southland against Harbour well, Southland are out of it, but North Harbour they they need the win. Uh, if you know they can stay in second place, they'd be very happy. Could well mean a home a quarter final against Auckland, uh, which they'd love. Um, Auckland Taranaki, Auckland in the same boat. Uh, they need to win, you know, possibly to stay in the top four. Uh, Taranaki out of contention, but you know how they love beating Auckland. Otago mm-hmm. Canterbury, well, Canterbury are secure, but Otago definitely needs the points there to stay in fourth place because. Uh, Hawks Bay could knock them out. Uh, Counties Monaco are out of it, but Wellington, uh, they'll want to stay top of the table as well and, and wrap up that spot ahead of the Waikato uh, Bay of Plenty game on, on Sunday, which could have all sorts of things riding on it. Um, 
because they're, they're both in the in the top three, but one of them is going to get a home, uh, you'd think a home quarter final, and one of them won't. So, and they could possibly end up top of the table. So, you know, as I say, pretty much every well, in fact, every game will have some bearing on the playoff race. Then that's a great scenario. And I guess you'd have to say it's a bit of a tick for the new format, the odds and evens. I, I was like taking a watching brief to see whether I liked it or not. And although my team's are nine losses from nine, uh, removing myself from that equation, I don't think any other uh, format would have even helped that, just given how they've gone this year. But it seems like it's it's worked pretty well, TJ. Yeah, I mean, I quite like the old scenario, but people found it confusing who was in the championship, who was in the premiership, two different divisions. I think it very much came out of a need to try and resolve uh, some some massive questions that were being asked, or going back over ten years now, about you know the future and you know how many teams they should have, and that was the solution at the time. And to me, it's worked pretty well, but I think uh, people found it confusing. I, I think uh, just the, the very cutthroat nature of it this year. We've had um, we've had upsets, uh, you know, certainly unexpected results. The crossover seems to have worked out pretty well. Uh, there's, there's still some things that they can look at, but what it means is that you know you go into the final weekend and there's really only one, two, there's only four teams that are not in contention. The only thing I'd say that you know you get into these final weekends that maybe they could think in future of the teams that miss out on on the top four quarterfinals. There could be some sort of playoff for them just to give them one more game and a chance for you know one more crowd or something like that. But um, you know you can't really complain about the, the scenario that we have this weekend when you've got seven games of rugby and all of them are going to have some sort of impact on the makeup of the of the playoff draw. Uh, the interesting scenario too of um, returning All Blacks. Uh, TJ, we see Peter Fita starting for Taranaki, Roger Tuovasashek starting for Auckland, but in the game you're calling tonight, Hawks Bay against Tasman, they're all back, but they're all on the bench. Uh, it's going to make for an interesting final 20-30 minutes. Yeah, you're, you're not sure what um, the thinking is behind that. Um, like in the case of Tasman, will they get Lester Fainga Anuku and Sevu Reese back, um, but Dan Perrin and uh, Guy Cornelius, I uh, say Gray Cornelius, Pardon, um, have both uh, opted to, to stick with what's been serving them pretty well. Um, for Tuli Paya on the right wing, Maka Springer, who's still I think he's only 19 years of age, but he's had a he's had a terrific season. Mm. Um, I think he's, he's up to about eight tries now, um, Springer, and he's just a young fella. So yeah, it does create um, all sorts of possibilities. I mean, you could bring Fang Anoku into the into the midfield, or. Um, you could um, just a straight replacement, or you could chuck Sever Reese in at fullback. It, you know, th- this is a huge game. This, um, and and of course, uh, Falau Fakataba um, coming into the mix for Hawks Bay, um, and coming off the bench um, for Brad Weber, who must be one of the unluckiest players in New Zealand rugby right now. I have nothing but admiration for this guy. I hope he gets one of these two. Well, he should get one of these tours at the end of the year um, because he's just been fantastic. Um, I'm really looking forward to this game. I tell you, both sides, Hawks Bay look strong and Tasman look a bit stronger and more settled than they've probably been at any stage of the season, given this run of injuries that they've had. So, yeah, and you're chucking Fakatava, Fanga Anuku and Reese late in the game. Um, and and uh, Bryn Evans, who's uh, you know also a former All Black, it, it, it makes, I, I think this is an intriguing match and prospect. 
You just mentioned Brad Weber there. I reckon he's going to be the captain of the New Zealand 15 that goes away. I really do. Well, that would be that would be an acknowledgement uh, of a guy who, to me, I, I think been extremely unlucky just over the last few years not to have had more opportunities at all black level. Uh, it's great that he's still here. I mean, you've got to admire that. Um, you, you know, can't really say a thing about the guy. Um, but just, just, just one final thing. I know we're just about out of time. I, I see um, um, talking of you know, I mentioned injuries. Quintupaya now, it turns out that injury is a lot worse mm. than they initially hoped. I mean, I actually just had a quick word with him the day after and, and he was really hopeful that he was going to avoid surgery because as soon as you have surgery, you're tacking on two or three months. Now turns out that uh, that's a nine-month injury and this clown is going to get, what? He's going to end up missing three test matches because they're going to send him on this Australia A tour That'll cover three of his six-game suspension. And so what sort of a punishment is that for inflicting an injury that's not only going to take a, a, a top professional player out of action, for, for nine, an international player out of action for nine months, might even put him in doubt for next year's World Cup. And and who knows you know, what sort of a recovery he's going to make for it. And, 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 and he gets what? Misses three test matches. It's just, it, it, it's wrong every single way you look at it. Yeah, and I remember <clears throat> on the breakfast show sometime this week, uh, Israel Dag was saying, when you do your knee as a rugby player, it never comes back as good. You, you lose a little bit of speed, you lose a bit of strength, and you lose a lot of confidence. It's um, just a clown act that hasn't been served right, and I think pretty much everyone's universal on that. Well, the, the other thing too, it, 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 I, just a couple of thing, vibes that I picked up on, um, about Darcy Swain, just his general demeanour around that whole test match, both sort of on, you know, on and off the field, directed at other players, directed at the All Black uh, support staff. Um, there, there was there was there was something going on there that that I. But as I say, um, this really comes back to the judiciary. They've been soft all year, and they're doing the game no favours. Bang on, TJ. Bang on. I'm going to let you go and get on the plane, mate. Looking forward to your call tonight. It's a it's a barnstormer of a game, and you have my full permission to wear the Tasman eye patch, mate. Get them home. Well, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not doing that, brother. I'm, I know uh, you don't. Absolutely not. No, look, I'm, I uh, I love going to Napier, and I think this is a terrific Hawks Bay team. So no, I'll I'll be uh, hopefully you know down the middle, but I, I I will have to take my by the sound of it, I might have to take my raincoat. <laughs> Good man. Thanks, TJ. As always. Okay. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.